This is part two of the season one finale of the podcast. Thank you so much for waiting. Join us as we continue the conversation on the outlook for distance learning. If you liked every episode that you have heard so far, please give us a follow and please feel free to send us a message through our Instagram and email. Now, back to the episode. Darl, ngayon, no, um, we're in the pandemic. Um, it's been a while since we've maybe bo- both of us have seen a real a real classroom physically. What's it like for maybe maybe both your graduate school students and then your undergraduate students? What what is the pandemic doing so far to them in terms of mindset? So in terms of mindset, uh, I entered the pandemic for distance learning. I first um, worked with the graduate school. So and then the following term, I was with the undergrads. So for the graduate school, we were all going through this transition, um, even me. So yeah. I never really did a synchronous class before, like online. It was mostly um, if I were to have an um, online class pre-pandemic, it would be asynchronous. So I would assign them um, tasks in the discussion forum or they'll do some research and then they'll share it. So when we were entering the distance learning, I'd ask them too, how is it going? So of course, one, um, some would say, miss, we're adjusting. So not just them, yeah. but also me. Yeah. Like what I said, I never did synchronous before. And then the next one, um, they'd say like it would be tricky or it would be tiring because of course the prep is different. I mean, uh, teachers know that it takes so much work to make a lesson be successful. So yeah. the prep is different. So it, that was the beginning. But also, of course, me as a teacher, my prep would also be different. So I just um, pivoted, uh, helping them, you know, feel comfortable. And I was also making myself feel comfortable with the idea of teaching online. So at first, yeah, it was uncomfortable. But at the end, uh, what I tried to do was bridge the, the articles or the research or the, the ideas from face-to-face learning and then adapting it to the internet setting as much uh, as much as possible uh, as much you know as much as I could so at the beginning yeah. it was difficult but then at the end they were saying oh miss um we're, we're doing better now i feel more comfortable today yeah, yeah. Um, as for the undergrads um, when they went through their experience since they it was so new to them uh, they really missed going to school like they really yeah, yeah. preferred face to face so um i said you know as of the moment we don't really have a choice because of what's going on but what we can do is make most of what we have and let's say for example if you feel that something isn't working you can always voice it out so we can adjust whatever's going on so for example if you can't go online today tell me and uh, we'll find a way for you to get the content that you need so at the beginning they were uncomfortable, but I'd I'd like to say I hope they they enjoyed it our, our sessions together because I tried to make them feel like we were still together at the same time. But I'd just like to say the undergrads that were with me at that time they didn't experience practicum yet. So uh... their experience is I'm a student learning online, not a student learning online plus trying out to be a teacher online. 
So I see. That was my friends. I see. So we'll get back to that in a bit, no, Darl. But I know you mentioned earlier that you were really doing your best to pivot yung the way that you taught both your graduate students and your uh, undergraduate students then. What for you, what served as like the biggest challenge for you? Uh, teaching both undergrad and un- and graduate students rather during this whole pandemic? Okay, so um, for graduate school, um, I would say the biggest uh, thing I just had a problem with was providing the materials, the readings, because of course in the past they can just easily access the library oh, and then... Oh, oh. And then, you know, get the materials. But then now, I really have to look for materials that they can access online. So, it takes me much, uh, so, so much more time to Uh-oh. find the accessible materials. Because ideally, I don't want them to spend more. So, whatever yeah, is yeah. available for us, maximize na lang nila. But for grad school, uh, based on my experience, I felt that they were happy. I think they were excited <laughs> to come Uh, yeah. They do show their faces, as in like, wow. uh, kami cameras, yeah, we're cameras on. So it's nice to see that they're smiling, that they're happy, even if I know they had a long oh, day at work hear. or whatever's going on. So that's what I felt for the graduate class. So feeling ko parang magkasama pa rin kami. Yeah. Uh, when it came to the undergrad, uh, sure, it's different because now there are more. I had around like 20 to mga 30, 30 uh, around that that much the class size as compared to grad school na 10 lang sila or less than that so when it came to that naman um what i tried to make them feel was that so before kasi my classes kahit face to face i always started with a game or a song regardless if it's um graduate or undergraduate and then we have and then after me they have to do it naman next time So a group mm-hmm. has to lead a game or a song, anything related to the topic of the class. So kunyari, nice. if the course is about if the class is about numeracy or literacy, kung ano sa topic ng numeracy, then gawa ka ng game or uh, mag or magpakanta ka sa amin. Yung parang para kaming bata. Yeah. Kasi that's yeah, yeah, the nature yeah. of childhood, diba? So I try to make it feel na okay, this is my job. As early childhood teachers, I have to get comfortable with that, kahit online. Kasi nga, I was saying, we don't know where you'll be when you decide to teach in the classroom for undergrad. Di natin right. alam kung asa classroom ba kayo or kung online pa rin kayo. Pero the point is, dapat prepared kayo or at least comfortable kayo sa ginagawa nyo. So, yun. So, we would have games. But of course, some students would still close their cameras, which is fine with me. But um, I'd like to say that they were still... They were still engaged because we hmm. we would do read alouds together still. They'd answer through chat if they don't want to say it out loud, which is fine. Nice. Others would just unmute when they feel like it. So, okay rin yun. So, I just wanted that safe space for them, especially yeah. with a lot of things going on now. So, that's how I tried to make it feel like, okay, and um, kahit magkahiwalay tayo, um, parang feeling, sana, feeling mo, Parang we're still together, especially for my new classes, mga hindi ko pa nakilala dati. Yeah. So I still want to make them feel like, even if I've never met this teacher before, face-to-face, I still want to feel like, I want them to feel like parang nakilala ko siya, face-to-face. I see. Dapat pala talaga nag-enroll ako sa ano mo, sa classes mo. 
Grabe. Pero, oh my gosh, da, as in listening to everything that you said just now, parang nakakilabot din, like hearing the way that you yourself have had to adjust both to your graduate school students and your undergraduate school students. So I want to go back to them, no? And um, I ask this with the most amount of honesty as I can because I myself, parang, I'm struggling also with uh, this whole setup. Like, was it It may never be my favorite ano, kind of setup because I'm someone who really thrives in uh, just being in front of the kids and really performing talaga. I, say per- I like... I like to say it as perform because I get so performative when I teach. So I really like performing in front of the kids. And um, like what you mentioned nga, with your undergrad students, you wanted them to get used to that feeling that ma, ma games and then ma music then when uh, you get into your classroom. So for them, no, both for your graduate school and um, undergrad schools, undergraduate students rather, What is what do you think is their parang take on this whole like distance learning setup? Like, is it gonna be parang forever part of the whole um school system, or will it be something that's parang pandemic only? Um, honestly, I never had that discussion with them if they think that it's um it's here to stay or not. So, but um, I just know that. I feel ko lang, if they had the choice to go back to school, they would, like, face-to-face. But, um, I guess, for me as a teacher, with how things are going now, you know, there are a lot of issues with distance learning, aside from hardware, aside from accessibility. Yeah. Um, part of that is also um, quality of teaching. Parang, is it working? Siyempre, there are a lot of questions about those things. But then, um, if you look at the let's say, the positive side, um, let's say, put away the no internet connection, bad internet connection. Um, thinking about students, let's say, who can't come to class, but then you can still include them um, right. virtually. It's still, I think, a, a positive thing. So, for example, in the future, if we're, we're let's say, we're all going back to school, um, let's say, for example, if a child can't be in school, but then for whatever reason it may be, But since, let's say, a teacher has already experienced online or distance learning, I'm thinking that a student can still be part of the class, even if physically, wala siya doon. So, there's yeah. just um, a balance that we need. Like, of course, me as a teacher, ideally, I prefer face-to-face. But um, for distance learning, since we all have a feel already of how it is, and we more or less know the pros and cons to it, um, It can be here to stay. It just depends on, of course, one, um, what are the repercussions if we do this? Yeah. Two, um, how do we really assess the, the students? And then three, what really makes it effective? Yeah. And or for the teachers also, in their opinion, how does it affect their performance? Agreed, agreed. And uh, I like that you brought it up, no, that we have to consider the repercussions because... Um, in one uh, study that I read, it mentioned there na schools should actually parang plan like there's going to be another pandemic eventually. So maybe, I mean, knock on wood, right? Parang who knows when the next pandemic will be or if there will be a pandemic or two in the near future. So parang it suggested there that schools should really gear up for that possibility and really 
parang take to heart na online or distance learning is really going to be a part of our educational system moving forward, whether as the dominant medium or just really a part of, ano, of our learning in the school. So for you, no, I mean, a lot of teachers, myself included, and uh, a lot of teachers are struggling right now with online learning, maybe uh, bad internet connection, like uh, the logistics of it all. Any advice that you can share to help out or just to give some sense of relief to both current and aspiring teachers about thriving in distance learning? Okay, so the first thing is, I would say is um, relax. Uh, before anything else, before we learn something or get better at something, it's always going to be hard first. So if you find it difficult, um, it's okay. You just like what we tell children, if you don't get it at the first time, you'll get it again at the second time. If it's not gonna work then, then try again. So first is just relax, you know, it's going to be okay. If not yet, uh, it will eventually. But of course right. you need to go through a learning curve. Um, two, I would say is if you're not sure about what you're doing and that's okay, you can of course uh, read articles or if you, let's say you don't have the time, which of course, can happen because let's say if you have uh, you have your own families you have other responsibilities don't be shy to ask for help from your teacher friends or if you have a teacher tribe or if you have yeah. people that you know you feel comfortable with like reach out to them and talk to them maybe ask for advice or just you know share how you're feeling um i'd say number three also is to get organized um one of the things about online teaching is of course you have so much you have a lot of planning from this is my content. How do I make sure it's enough for, let's say, 40 minutes? Mm -hmm. uh, how do I cut my video? So it's really planning it out uh, so that you don't feel overwhelmed about the amount of work that you have to do. And then I would also say um, for you to feel more relaxed in the online learning setup is also, again, going back to reflective practice. Yeah. So there's always not, um, in my opinion, um, there is no perfect lesson because you're always going to be better at some things. So it's for today, just, you know, sit down and think, okay, I realized maybe I put out too much content that I didn't have enough time for student interaction. So perhaps on the next meeting, I'll reduce the amount of time that was teacher-led and, you know, focus on the children or the students. So it's going back to thinking about what you're doing and, you know, just not putting too much pressure on yourself and also enjoying it. I mean, like what you said, Jola, like you like being with children because you get to perform. So yeah. with that in mind, like for teachers like you who like to perform, I'm sure that there are ways how you can perform online and just plugging it in somewhere. But Agreed. of course, Agreed. it's tricky lang at the beginning because <laughs> you yeah. So that's just my... And that was the Darl already has a masterclass joke. No, but uh, just to recap everything that you said, Darl. No, so number one is to relax. You know, take it easy for a while. Be kind to yourself. You no, know, like everyone's struggling, and uh, you know, just really take your time with it. The teacher tribe, that thing that you said about seeking help from your teacher tribe. I love how you brought that in. Uh, yes, no, parang as teachers, we're all parang in, under the same boat. Maybe not in the same circumstances, but each of us are really, or each of us is really struggling with this whole 
set up. So just feel free to seek help and help will find its way to you. And the last one is also to parang be reflective of your practice. So as teachers, it's really important talaga to think of how we taught today and what we can do better tomorrow. What are some things that we can do to like make things better and then the things that we can improve on. It's really a good thing that you mentioned that that as teachers, we also have to think about our own practices. So, Darl, I mean, you've been teaching for more than a de- more than half a decade, rather more than a decade already. No, but you've been teaching for more than half a decade already. So, I want to know what are some of your most memorable moments in your years as an educator, whether when you were uh, teaching in the early childhood level or now as a teacher in the university. So, um, first, I'll share uh, my my early years in the in the teaching profession so uh, first one was i when i was an assistant teacher i had we had a student who was crying because yeah. she lost her tooth and i recall oh. uh, my part uh, my lead teacher said to her it's okay if you lost your tooth because you know we, we really have teeth that fall off as we grow up but then she said no and I, I lost my tooth and we're like yes you did and that's okay and then she goes, no, I lost lost my tooth. So, nahulog yung ngipin niya, tapos nawala yung ngipin niya. So, napo-frustrate siya kasi, usually, uh, what my lead teacher would do at that time, she would put it in a tooth case, and then the children can make it a necklace and bring it home. Oh. And then, meron pa siyang tooth graph to show how many students lost their, their tooth. So, yeah. parang for her, Really wanted her tooth back. So at that time we were doing literacy, and then my lead teacher goes, "Stop, everyone! We need to look for her tooth." So Aww. it was like not part of the curriculum, but then I, I loved it so much. And then yeah. people were going, um, the students were going, "Oh, I found your tooth! I found your tooth!" And then someone goes, "I found it." Oh, just kidding! It's a popcorn. So those <laughs> authentic experiences. Um, I love that. So that's one of the things I wanted to share. Another one was when I was already teaching here also in first grade, I remember a conversation I had with one of my students. So he really loves hot dogs, right? So he tells yeah. me before dismissal time, Miss, I really want to eat my hot dog, my baon, my snack, yeah. um, during pickup time because I allow, uh, we, it's okay for the kids to eat while they're waiting for their caregivers to come. So I said, yeah. okay, don't worry, you'll get to eat your hot dog later. Like, it's okay. I know you're so excited. And then, while he was finally, you know, thinking about the food that he was been, he's been craving for, for how many hours now, yeah. his friend accidentally knocks off the entire oh lunch. Oh <laughs> And then he was crying. He was so I felt so bad. Like, if I had hot dog baon, I would have just given it to him. And he said, okay, I'm sure you still have hot dog when you go home. <laughs> so I really remember that so much because I felt so bad. Because he's been he was thinking about it the whole day. Then suddenly, that's it. Then suddenly, it's gone. And my friend, Shempre, didn't notice it. Uh, yeah, sorry. Didn't notice it because... Um, ano, yun, parang, I'm sorry because he's still crying. So he's still crying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, that I remembered. And then I also um wanted to share yeah, naman, in um in for grade one I had a student who had uh, trouble writing uh because he was one he was the youngest in the batch 
And then when I was able to see him again after a few years, and I saw how he would write, I was I was in shock. Like I was so happy. I mean, not in wow. shock that he was doing well, but I was just so glad to see that he has the motivation to write. As compared to before, that was what we were working on when he was still yeah. in first grade. Like he didn't like to write at all. So I wanted it to be a positive and pleasant experience because um, you know, starting from kinder and then you have grade one, so it's much formal already. Yeah. So there, I just wanted to share that I was so happy to see na even his vocabulary knowledge has expanded. He even talked to me about human rights. And yeah. right now oh. he's like yeah, in fourth grade. So far it's like uh-uh. wow, like has he really has grown from talking about like legos and other toys when you were in first grade and now um he's so much older and then for um and then for uh, grad school um i would say one of the most memorable ones was when um i had a class we were only uh, there were only two Mm-hmm. And you know what? We were we were just three in the class. We would stay in, we would have our class from like six to nine thirty. We Uh-oh. just had so much things to talk about, and it's so memorable because, um, just for just three people, the conversation was like very long, and yeah. it didn't get it didn't get um taxing or anything. So for me, that was memorable because I felt the passion with the the students that I was with, right. and it also like fuels my love for teaching now that there are people who just really want to learn and who really want to you know make the most in education and then lastly for undergrad we were having a game uh this is the first time i heard of this actually i forgot what it's called yung naka headphones yung tao and then they have to guess what the person like a whisper challenge yeah yeah that one so so I don't know. It's just so fun because they they did a whisper challenge. So though um yeah, those are my most memorable moments. Wow, grabe! In your six years, you've had so many memorable moments. So, the the boy with the boy in the hot dog, wow! And and your student with the missing tooth. I hope na ano nahanap nila yung tooth and they got more hot dogs when they got home. <laughs> Okay, so for you, Darnot, since you're teaching in university, what for you, no? What are your hopes moving forward for maybe like the teaching profession as you see your students moving forward with their master's degrees and their undergraduate degrees? What is your hope for the profession maybe five, ten years from now? Um, well, my hope is, of course, one is to value the work of teachers. Um, because I've heard in, in the past, um, some may feel undervalued and, you know, the early years are very important and it shouldn't be taken for granted. And the work that the teachers put in, it's yeah. not just going to school and then just teaching the ABCs. Um, and you know this, of course, Jolana, yeah. that you think about what you're doing, what you're saying, how you move, how do you engage the children. So it really takes a lot of work. So it's really, for me, I hope in the teaching profession, like people would really value the work of the teachers up to is my hope is that the students and of course teachers in general will continue to fight for equality in the classroom so um i'm also an advocate of inclusion so let's say if there are um, families or let's say people who don't understand the importance yet of inclusion or 
let's say, are 50-50 about it. Ideally, I hope in the future, there will be this push or let's say it will become a norm that hopefully all our classrooms are a great space for everyone, regardless of whatever disability the person may have. So that's one of the things that I really hope for in the next five to 10 years. And then um, aside from that is for families to continue to be partners with the teachers. I think that it's so, so important to have a good relationship and a strong one with the families so that the, as the children are learning in school, there is this bridge that is clear to them and that the parents will also support the school. So I just hope um, as the years go by, the, the shift of really thinking about equality in the classroom is there and also seeing that reflective practice is so important and there's always room to grow. So let's say if what we know now works, we never know in the future if it's not going to work, but that's okay. So it's really just uh, thinking about that. Now, if it's not okay, then that's fine for now. We can always like be better. So, yeah, Wonderful, Darl. Oh my gosh. It's like, that's like every teacher's wish list talaga. That's like, it feels like everything that you said is on everyone's mind included. Everyone's wish list talaga. Inclusion, equality, like the bridge between school and home will be very, very wide talaga. And oh my gosh, like I really have no words. Thank you so much for saying that. So we're moving on to the bonus segment. So um, for the bonus segment, it's actually just one question, but I really uh, withheld this question just to make it super spontaneous. So for you, no, I mean, you've been a teacher for six years and probably like your students, have, definitely rather your students have grown up in more ways than one. If by some divine chance, they chance upon this episode of you and me talking here, what is something that you would want them to know or any oh, message for them? Oh, okay. Uh, for me is to stay happy, like continue to do the things that, you know, they love. And if let's say something is not working out as of the moment, you know, whatever it is, it's fine. And just to, you know, ride the waves, whatever it is. So wow. And, that is them. and I hope that we get to, you know, have a chat like outside the classroom because of course when I was a teacher you really have to be like oh I'm I'm a teacher like of course we have a good relationship but Shemper it's more formal yeah, so I'd like yeah, to like yeah. start with, the, with the kids that I taught it would be nice to just have that you know spontaneous conversation that's outside the curriculum all right oh my gosh thank you so much Miss Darl Aureliaza so we're about to wrap up. So right now, I'm going to give you the time to promote anything like uh, business ventures of yours or someone you know, or maybe even employment opportunities if possible. Okay. Oh, thank you, Jola. So um, if, let's say, tutoring services are needed, uh, you can look up uh, Learning Blocks PH on Facebook and Instagram. There's also Upskill Educational Center on facebook and instagram and i also have a teacher account which is uh, named teacher darl so if ever you want um, any research-based um, strategies or any tips you can um, look these up and i'd love to touch base with you if you'd like to 
Okay, so everything that you mentioned, everything that Dara mentioned will be included in the description to this episode. And that about wraps it up. Oh my gosh, this is the season finale of the podcast. And thank you so much, Miss Darl Aureliaza, for gracing us with your time, with your knowledge, and all of your wonderful stories. It was such a blessing having you here today. So thank you very much, everyone. Thank you, Miss Darl. And we'll see you soon for season two of the OEC Teacher Podcast. Very, 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 very soon, I hope. <laughs> okay. Bye, everyone. Three, two, one. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to the... Uh, Take two. Three, two, one. Thank you so much for taking time to listen to today's episode. Please subscribe on Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. And send us your messages through our email and our Instagram. Mabuhay ang gurong Filipino.